Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon. With me, as always, is Caleb. And we we always started off, Caleb, what have you been watching? The only thing I watch is Stranger Things. <laughs> That's the only thing you had to watch. <laughs> the only thing. And I was, of course, the weirdo who woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning when it released for the West Coast. <laughs> And watched both episodes, went back to bed, and then I went to work. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. It's funny because I went to work and um, my boss was there and he was only going to be there for a little bit before heading out early for the holiday weekend. And he was watching it on his laptop while he was doing some uh, some press work stuff set up and everything. Yeah. And so he paused it when I came in and I was just like, oh, you don't have to pause. I've already seen all of it. (laughs) He's just like, wow, this guy has no life. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, what a loser. Uh, So, yeah, we watched it, too. We watched it um, Friday night, uh, both episodes. So, yeah, well, we won't talk too much about it, because I'm sure there's people listening that haven't watched it yet, so I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe end of the month or sometime in August we do some kind of episode about it. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, because interest, like, interestingly enough, I hung out with some friends over the weekend. Uh, I see them maybe once a month, uh, maybe every other month. And there's a guy, almost every time we get together, there's like a small Stranger Things discussion. Mm-hmm. and um he's just like oh i haven't even started part one yet and i'm just like dude it's been out for over a month (laughs) that's that's your fault at this point yeah i was giving my boss a hard time the other day about it Uh, because he's like oh no we haven't even watched part one yet and i'm like what are you waiting for (laughs) (laughs) It, it makes me think of when um oh game of thrones was you know live or coming out yeah. and everything uh and everybody was saying like oh when you could talk about it when you couldn't and i just i was behind i think when i it piqued my interest the most i think it was like maybe the third season or something and i was just like oh man you know people are talking about it so much and they're ruining it I, i'm just gonna wait um so it's just like sometimes you just have to let it sit so you can forget about it and then not have anything spoiled yeah i still haven't watched that I'm really far behind. <laughs> but everything else I've watched, um, we started watching Married at First Sight again. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, Stranger Things was over with and I was in a depression and couldn't think of anything else to watch. <laughs> uh, I also watched the movie Rise. It's about um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think that's how you say his name. The basketball player for the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, is that the Adam Sandler movie? No. <laughs> oh, I thought he had a basketball movie where he helped someone in the NBA. Anyways, okay. Um, I don't know. As far as I know, he, well, you didn't. I didn't see him in it. At least <laughs> it was on Disney Plus. But it's just about like his early life, moving up to starting basketball, and then getting drafted. Okay. So it was it was pretty good. It was your typical. Um, Rise the Fame sports movie. Oh, but I it's think called... it's got like a seven point one on IMDb right now, so it's been out for a few weeks. Nice. Uh, the 
the Adam Sandler movie was called Hustle. Oh, okay. It was an NBA basketball movie, so I had no oh. idea who it was about. So I had my reasons. I was not insane. <laughs> oh gosh, I was like, oh, basketball movie with Adam Sandler is this Happy Gilmore too? <laughs> Where he just plays basketball. <laughs> Actually, not yeah. to like get down a rabbit hole too much, but with how much Adam Sandler is linked to basketball, like he's always talked about with pickup basketball, mm-hmm. it's surprising that he hasn't done some sort of basketball emphasized movie comedy. Yeah, kind of surprising. But anyway, maybe maybe it's just because he does not doesn't look like the most athletic guy in the world. Yeah, but so it's that kind would, of hard to believe him as being a basketball player. That would make it even more funny, like an adult <laughs> version of, uh, oh man, what was the the pitching movie? Uh, the kid who also oh, rookie of the year. Yeah, like some <laughs> adult spoof on that, where some old overweight middle aged guy is amazingly good at basketball. But of course, he has to speak with a funny voice. <laughs> would you like a piece of pie? <laughs> a shepherd to do. <laughs> Oh gosh! So digging myself out of the rabbit hole. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, last thing I watched was uh, the Vice series Dark Side of the '90s. I think I've talked about it before on here, but I watched the episode about the real world, and now it was like the first real reality show. And then they did a two-part episode about the UFC and how it started off as just like a barbaric anything goes basically like fight club on pay-per-view yeah. <laughs> to, you know, the legit sport that it is now. Mm-hmm. It was pretty interesting. And they had like interviews with Ken Shamrock and Dan, the beast Severn and like all right. these guys from back in the day. But that is all I've got. So let's jump into the movie of the week. This summer, when you think vacation, watch out. Carcani! The Griswolds are going to Europe. Hey, Dad, look. Bedpans. <laughs> this is your chance to travel the continent with them. Will you please slow down? The kids are exhausted. Hey, it's the close of the 15 minutes or 100,000 works of art to see. Come on. Create your own ruins. English, you're certainly a... Uh... <laughs> Make new friends. No harm done. Yes, it doesn't, doesn't really hurt much at all. <laughs> Visit distant relatives. Well, there it is, kids. My motherland. Dad, Grandma's from Chicago. Shut up, Russ. So see the old country <laughs> before there's nothing left. Chevy Chase in National Lampoon's European Vacation. The vacation getaway for the family everyone is trying to get away from. National Lampoon's European Vacation. So the movie of the week, we are continuing on with the National Lampoon's Vacation series, and we are at 1985's National Lampoon's European Vacation. It is directed by Amy Heckerling. And the plot is the Griswolds win a vacation tour across Europe where the usual havoc ensues. Uh, The cast for this, uh, Chevy Chase returns as Clark W. Griswold, 
Beverly D'Angelo returns as Ellen Griswold. Uh, we got a new Rusty and a new Audrey this time. We have Jason Lively as Rusty and Dana Hill as Audrey. Uh, we also get William Zabka as Jack. Yeah. And Eric Idle as the bike rider. <laughs> uh, yeah. Continuing on the, the Zabka trend. Um, he's being a Zabka. <laughs> it's <laughs> a complete jerk and this is one of the things i remembered him from outside of karate kid yeah he he was maybe a little typecasted yeah like i watched this movie with my wife and i was like do you recognize the uh audrey's boyfriend and she looked at him for a little bit and was like she's like uh, i think so and i'm like it's william zabka <laughs> like it's johnny from karate kid she's like oh okay Come on! And she's, wa- and she's watched uh, Cobra Kai with me, so... Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, this one, it, like, it starts off with them in that um, game show. <laughs> that ridiculous yeah. game show. Uh, which is one of the funnier moments in the movie. Uh, because they're like, oh, you've won all this, and it's like you can either choose to take your prizes or to be a pig, and yeah, and the name of the game show is Pig in a Poke. It's like you can be a pig and go for like the grand prize. So of course, everybody in the family's like, "Don't do it, Dad!" Like they'll just take the prizes, and they're like, "Oh, I want to be a pig," and they get matched up with like the reigning champions. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, and of course, by a fluke answer, uh, they end up winning the whole thing. And that's how they win their trip to Europe. But uh, one thing that made me laugh at that part was the host of the show. Mm-hmm. How his name is like um, a riff on, on um, Wink Martindale, who was a game show host in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get the guy's name is Kent Winkdale. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also acts like Richard Dawson from Family Feud. <laughs> yeah. Where he, like, he gives Ellen a kiss and then he talks to Clark and Rusty and then like he pretty much just makes out with Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember even as a kid watching uh, Family Feud and thinking like, why does Richard Dawson kiss every woman? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then little did we know that he would go on to host a futuristic game show where they would send criminals into zones getting hunted by killers. <laughs> <laughs> and oddly enough, it suited him. Exactly. And oddly enough, he was amazing at it. <sighs> so normally how we do this, we jump into what's good, what's great, what's bad. Uh, I'll say I started off with what's good, at the scenery and the different locations they go to. Yeah, with I mean it it keeps the the theme and the uh same kind of feel of the first vacation movie. Mm-hmm. Um I mean obviously in a slightly different format, but from when they went to all those landmarks uh when they did their cross country road trip, this had the essentially the exact same setup. Um so it only seemed kind of natural and it made sense uh it it worked but it did not work as well in my opinion yeah to me it was a little too similar to the first one 
mm-hmm. which makes Christmas Vacation stand out even more. Uh, I mean, we'll get to that next time when we talk about Christmas Vacation. That I guess watching these two and how similar they were made me appreciate the direction they went with in Christmas Vacation. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I thought it was cool, like, the Griswold family going to all these different countries in Europe and experiencing, like, the local flavor and stuff. Because they go, where do all the places they go? They they go to England, they mm. go to France, they go to Germany. Germany. And Italy, was that Italy. it? Italy, yeah. Yeah. And they get to experience all the famous things that are there and all the cliches and stereotypes of course (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I guess that could be kind of put in some of the what's bad or hasn't aged well the stereotypes (sighs) um, one thing I did enjoy though as kind of a stereotype was Eric Idle's recurring character Mm -hmm. yeah that 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 it might fall into uh, the great category yeah, because um, I mean he's he's great in pretty much everything. Yeah, uh, if you guys don't know who Eric Idle is, he was in tons of Monty Python stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I and it was one of those things where it wasn't a big component, but it was a reoccurring opponent, uh, a component. Mm-hmm. And it with how this movie was, it was honestly kind of a refreshing thing. So yeah, for sure, and just like his reaction. And his chemistry with Chevy Chase in the movie was pretty good. Um, you know, the Clark Griswold character is just like a walking, talking disaster <laughs> pretty mm-hmm. much all the time. Where this guy's just got a caught in a crossfire. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. Um, I, I know it's like kind of that slapstick kind of stuff, but um, one of the things that got more of a chuckle out of me was when he when Clark was driving mm-hmm. and he had one accident after another, after another <laughs> yeah. and all the British people were just like, Oh, you're an American. Oh, that's so cool. Hey, don't worry about it. Have a good day. Yeah. Here, keep my bumper as a, as a souvenir. <laughs> yeah. And then another thing that made me laugh too is when uh, he hits Eric Idle with his, when he's on his bike and he's like, no, no, it's perfectly okay. He's like, no, there's like no need for your money here. Like I'm, I'm fine. And then he's, uh, pointing and telling him where to go or whatever. And like, blood just shoots out of his wrist. <laughs> and he's like, oh my gosh! Like we got to get you to a doctor. And he's like, oh, I'm fine. It's, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> which, good. Yeah, which harkens back to Buddy Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, they cracked me up. I, I would say a. Uh, Another great thing is uh, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo's chemistry again. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they they feel like a natural couple. Yeah, maybe, maybe not as strong as the first one, but I feel like Ellen didn't really have much to do in this one. It was more about what situations can we put Clark into. Yeah, and even when they did kind of that pivotal, that it it was. So there are good things that they could have copied off of the first one or mimicked, however you want to say it. And then there were bad things. And it seemed like they 
deliberately were going for another impactful moment, like when Clark got caught in the pool with the girl in the first one, um, uh, that they had the scene in Italy where there was a picture of her from the videotape that they made. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, that that's their fight. That's where their fight stems. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a different feel and everything, but it just felt like a copy. Yeah. Um, and it was, this one was extreme. Uh, well, the first one was messed up. And we talked about that last time about how weird of conversation that was. This one was, that one was all over just poorly executed in this one, in my opinion. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. This one's like the great value version of vacation. Yeah. Where it's like pretty similar, but it's just not as good. <laughs> the, the dollar store brand. Yeah. I will say that another thing that's great is the poster. And we didn't talk about the National Lampoon's vacation poster, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh it's got Chevy Chase in the middle of it. Um uh, and he looks like he's drawn on a romance novel almost. <laughs> <laughs> or like a Frank Frazetta Conan the Barbarian painting. Yeah. Uh you know, of course he's like super ripped and uh just Complete like caricature. Uh and this one's the same, except he's got like a beret on. Even the poses are the same. Like they could have mm-hmm. switched it up a little bit. Yeah, that's probably what uh went to Chevy Chase's head and boosted his <laughs> ego. Uh I'll say oh, too in the <laughs> European vacation he's even more ripped. <laughs> Just hilarious. Uh I guess things that d- maybe didn't work so well, we talked about kind of the whole plot like in general didn't work as great. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that really annoyed me was Audrey in this one. Absolutely. Or like in the first movie, like she was just kind of there. She was just there to like for Clark and Ellen to have a daughter. Mm-hmm. And like the original Audrey was like, she was a- attractive like younger girl and she had a couple like one-liners here or there that were make you chuckle or something but like in this one she's kind of frumpy and awkward and all she does is just like obsess over her boyfriend and how young was she i don't know because honestly it was just like okay is she like 12 or 13 maybe because rusty's 15 yeah she did not look as old and uh Zabka looked like he was 19, <laughs> 20. And I, I believe that the, the poster she had up on the wall was a real, like, William Zabka poster. <laughs> like, after he did Karate Kid. And, you know, they kind of made fun of it in Cobra Kai as well. Because remember the picture he used for, like, his profile picture on Facebook? And mm-hmm. Miguel gave him a hard time because it was like incredibly dated. <laughs> it was like him. It was like a glamour shot of him on the beach. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I believe the pictures that she hangs up on the wall in the hotel of Zabgo were like real posters. That's funny. Uh, I-, I will say that even though he had a small role in it, I thought he did a great job. I mean, he's <laughs> always just like that jerk. But. Uh, and as far as Rusty, like, I like Jason Lively. Uh, 
like in things I've seen him in, like movie really pops in my head is Night of the Creeps, which is a horror comedy. It's got him and Tom Atkins in it. And he was great in that. He was likable, kind of like just a normal everyday guy. But in this one, he's like so wooden and kind of gangly and awkward. Yeah, they. It, I feel like the hierarchy of who the focus should have been on uh, should have been Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, then Jason Lively, then Audrey. Yeah. Um, but it was more Chevy than Jason than Beverly. Yeah. So another thing I didn't realize of this movie, this is PG thirteen. How many boobs were in this movie? Holy smokes. Because and... there's a part where they're in France and they go to like this show or whatever, and it's just like these women doing topless aerobics. <laughs> and wasn't um were there multiple F bombs? Or was am I confused? I don't even I'm not even sure if there was one. Okay. But there's another scene too when they're in Germany and that girl opens her top when she's talking to Rusty. Yeah. And I don't I just noticed that like this is the only like vacation movie that has a PG thirteen rating. And I was like, how did that get a PG thirteen with all the nudity in it? Maybe it was the European rating <laughs> maybe because you know they do things differently over there <laughs> um yeah yeah but dad they're from akron <laughs> oh man I, think, um, I really think he's gonna pork her dad <laughs> oh dude that that situation right there so much completely useless yeah like at first when they showed up right before the griswolds did I was just like, oh, this is going to be a reoccurring couple. They're going to show up at different places and something's going to happen, blah, blah. Um, yeah, they show up one other time and it was completely useless outside of uh, Rusty making inappropriate comments about how yeah. they're doing PDA. Yeah. I didn't quite get that either because the first time I saw this, I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like they don't live that far from them in the States. And then it's like, oh, they just, kind of make a comment there mm -hmm. <laughs> during breakfast or whatever like there was just throwaway characters that they gave way too much backstory to yeah um uh what doesn't work what what honestly i feel like is probably the worst thing about this movie is the plot yeah um zero development um, like th they, they state what's going to happen, but there's no goal, no finish line, no, no target. Like they're just on vacation where in the original vacation movie, it was, Hey, we're going to Wally world. Mm -hmm. We, everything we do, we need to make it to Wally world. This one was, Hey, we're just going to go on vacation and there's no climax. And then finally, when they get to their last destination in Italy, they're just like, oh, I guess we need to do something interesting to be able to create an ending for this movie. Yeah. And it was absolutely bonkers, made no sense, and was so poorly executed. Yeah. 
Yeah, I totally agree. There was really no goal in sight. And like you said, the first one, they're trying to get the Wally world. Uh, I mean, we haven't reached it in this series of reviews yet. What have we talked about in the past? Christmas Vacation, like his goal was to have the, like the, basically like the best family Christmas he could have. Yeah. And I don't, you haven't seen Vegas Vacation, so I won't say anything about that, but. Yeah, just this doesn't seem to have a goal. Which is okay. Let's get the Griswolds in Europe and cover all the famous stuff, mm-hmm. and yeah. then we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, I I am not at all trying to portray myself as being knowledgeable in script writing. Um, but I some of the things that I catch on social media, especially like TikTok, which is great because you get to see different people break things down. Yeah. Um, but some of the people that pop up on mine are, you know, they break down the film industry and, you know, good etiquette, good way to do things. And like a basic thing that I've seen over and over again is just kind of like create a conflict, create a resolution because this happens, then this happens mm-hmm. in turn from this, this happens. And this was a whole lot of, oh, something happens. And then it's yeah. funny. And then they go to a new location. Oh, something happens. And then they go to a different location. There's no like overcoming anything, accomplish anything. Like we said, target or goal in mind. It was just essentially kind of as you described it, where it's just going to the famous locations, something interesting happens, and then they have to go somewhere else. And there is no real direction, uh, which is kind of funny because they're traveling and driving. And so directions is used that way. But as far as the plot direction, there is none. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think Um, they may have been going for just the whole idea, kind of a little bit of what they did in the first one, where it's just like, this is a family vacation. We're supposed to spend time together and bond. Yeah. But they didn't emphasize that, and they didn't really convey that as the struggle. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they talked about how, like, the kids didn't want to spend time with their parents. They didn't want to do the things that they wanted to do. Sure. Which is a typical thing on family vacations, but they didn't make that the main thing they could have. And that maybe would have added to it. But yeah, it was maybe there was a grander scheme in mind, but the end result was not uh, put together well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, can we also agree that? the whole part in Germany was probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just the funny stuff with that is, you know, they show up and they're supposed to be like staying with some of Clark's distant relatives uh, <laughs> that they've never like met before. Mm-hmm. So they show up and they're like, Oh, they're looking for uh house number six on this street. And <clears throat> Rusty's like, Oh dad, there's six. And you know, he knocks on the door. This guy answers and Clark just like, almost just barges his way in and these people are just confused at like who they are because when they shut the door, it blows like some Ivy out of the way and it was blocking the one in front of the six. Yeah. So they totally went to the wrong house, uh, stayed with the wrong people. And these people didn't like bat an eye. They just kind of went with it, <laughs> like fed them and everything, let them stay there. And then like the next day when Clark and, uh, Ellen and the kids left, they're just like, who in the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. See, well, I uh, and, and I do agree. I think the Germany portion of the movie was the best because um, each scene was enjoyable. 
compared mm-hmm. to the other ones where it was kind of hit or miss. Uh, what I thought would have been funny there is if they included uh, something where they go into that house and then they reveal, oh, it's the wrong house number. And then they do kind of a cutaway scene where it shows the right house number. Wondering and it, where Clark's at. <laughs> Uh, well, wondering where he's they're at, but then also that's like a super rich family or something. Yeah, and they they had all this super nice stuff for them, and they missed out because they went to the wrong house. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. And for I don't know if it was just something I made up in my head, but I thought I remember like seeing a scene of I were they like Fritz and Helga or something like that. Their mm-hmm. names were. Yeah, I where, think so. yeah, where I thought like the real ones were sitting, like wondering where they were, but that's probably just something I made up in my head. <laughs> or it could have been like in maybe there was a TV version. I don't know because they liked to do that back in the day. But uh, yeah, I'd say the whole thing in Germany was probably the best part. We get uh, Chevy Chase and Lederhosen <laughs> <laughs> dancing and then starting a brawl, slapping which, people. Yeah, which then leads to him like punching a guy in the face, and then like the townspeople are chasing after him, so they have to hurry and get out of there. And that's when they end up going to Italy. But yeah, that was probably my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a few quotes, or at least one quote that really sticks out to me that I always forget about is when they're on a plane going to England from New York, and. The stewardess walks up, and she's like, can I get you something? And Clark's like, yeah, I'll just have a Coke. And she's like, do you want that in the can? And he like looks back at the bathroom, he's like, no, I'll just have it right here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, it's such like a stupid like one-liner, but it cracks me up. Because she just like looks really confused at him. <laughs> I'll just have that right here. Uh, uh, any quotes or anything that really stood out to you? Uh, I didn't have any quotes. Um, talking about the plane ride, though, um, and kind of flipping to the, well, memorable, but not in such a positive way. Um, man, the ending just. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something about it. So bad. So bad. Yeah, Clark like falls into the cockpit and knocks over the pilot and he flies into the Statue of Liberty and mm-hmm. swings the torch upside down and then Rushy's just like well the Griswolds are back or something dumb like that. Oh my gosh. And then yes. they play this terrible song uh, with a bunch of like Americana <laughs> picture show. <laughs> yeah, so so bad. So like and that and that's kind of a further testament about how you feel like they just started making making this movie and they it it feels like they didn't know how they were going to end it. Yeah. They're just kind of like, well, we got money to make a sequel. The first one made quite a bit of money. So let's just, how about we just take them to Europe? And everybody's like, yeah, that's, that works for me. Brilliant. <laughs> that are just thinking of places to take them. And then they're like, Oh man, we got to get this movie going. What else we got? I think that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll think of an end when we get there. <laughs> Yeah, man, what was the name of that song that played at the end of it? It was pretty terrible. I thought, uh, I thought, oh, I thought like most of the music in was just pretty good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny that they did the Holiday Road again. 
Yeah. Uh, part of it, when it started playing, I was like, wait a minute. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Then at the same point, I'm kind of like, well, actually, honestly, with the condition of this movie, it's kind of sad that they not only copied so many other things, they also copied the music. Yeah. But we do get the song Some Like It Hot by Power Station. Nice. <laughs> Which which is a great song. Yeah, the song at the end of it was called "Back in America." That's by some band called Network. <laughs> but yeah, it's just living in America. <laughs> that would have been better. That would have been better. Yeah, the song is just think of like the worst '80s rock song you can think of, and it's kind of up there. <laughs> but yeah, do you want me to get into some a trivia? let's do it all right so harold ramus declined to return as the director because he was too busy doing ghostbusters so he dodged a bullet there <laughs> although it might have been better if he had it because he might have forced him to do some writing <laughs> <laughs> so in an interview chevy chase said after this film was released he got dozens of letters from people who had visited london and ended up trapped in a roundabout like his character did nice which we forgot to talk about that. That's one of the funnier parts. Uh, so Anthony Michael Hall declined to do this movie because he was making weird science. Okay. Uh, they decided to recast both kids. So Dana Barron wasn't even asked to return as Audrey. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, kind of funny thing too, they replaced her with Dana Hill. Another Dana. <laughs> Dana, Dana. Yeah. Uh, so at the U.S. box office, this film knocked off Back to the Future from the top spot, hmm. which held it for three weeks. Uh, it would end up regaining the spot for the next eight weeks, though. <sighs> That's crazy, though, that it took Back to the Future off the top. Yeah, by accident. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Dana Hill, who played Audrey, had type 1 diabetes. Um, she ended up losing her life in 96 because of it. Um, so this made shooting Audrey's nightmare scene really difficult because she had to be careful to avoid swallowing any of the food that she was supposed to be eating. Um, and this was the only vacation film that she appeared in before her death. I feel like that's kind of odd to put somebody in that role. Yeah. When that is a big component. Right. <laughs> yeah, a little bizarre. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't made it through the whole series, but I still think she's the worst, Audrey. But, yeah. Uh, next thing I got, and I actually noticed it this time, because I noticed it on the CED that I watched. It says, in this film, the family name is Griswold with an A, where in the other vacation films, it's Griswold with an O. Oh. Weird. Yeah, it's Griswold in this and Griswold in the and everything else. Hmm. <laughs> Strange. So in the DVD commentary, Chevy Chase mentions that as of 2002, he still has several items from the movie, including the complete pig in a poke pig costume that he had to wear and the Wally World sweatshirt that he wears throughout the movie. Nice. Yeah. So according to Chevy Chase, he and Amy Hegerling did not get along during the making of the film. Uh, the director, Amy Hegerling, 
once said that she delight, disliked Chevy Chase so much that she refused to step on set unless she had a plane ticket to New York in her hand so she could leave anytime she wanted to. <laughs> so Eric Idle and Chevy Chase became friends after filming the movie. Uh, shortly after they released the movie, Idle and Chase began working on a screenplay for a follow-up called National Lampoon's Australian Vacation. Oh, gosh. Uh, aside from a few shark-related gags, neither could come up with much, and the project was abandoned. <laughs> Dude, that totally sounds like friends coming up with ideas. <laughs> I was going to oh, say, it sounds like something you and I would do. <laughs> totally. Oh, dude, we've got a couple jokes. Sweet. Let's let's do a movie script. Okay, now what? Dude, it's kind of like what seems like they did with this movie. <laughs> That's so true. So although he is credited as one of the writers of the film, um, John Hughes was actually not involved with this movie. And in fact, he had no idea that it was even coming out with a sequel until he saw the preview for it on TV. What? The screenplay was almost entirely written by Robert Klain. And there was some input from Amy Heckerling, but Klain was asked to incorporate unused elements from Hughes's script for the first movie, resulting in Hughes being awarded a writing credit by the WGA. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Rowan Atkinson, um, also known as Mr. Bean, was considered for the role of the hotel manager. Oh, that would have been more entertaining. Yeah, I think so. So Beverly D'Angelo was good friends with um, Frank Zappa and his family, uh, which is most likely how Moon Unit Zappa got the role of the girl Rusty meets in Italy. Hmm. So the unexpected bathroom guest in a London hotel is actually Scottish actor, actor Robbie Coltrane, who is most known for p playing Hagrid the Giant in all the Harry Potter movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I've never seen any of the Harry Potter movies, but I figure people listening would find that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one, and it was oh. like the it was like the fourth one. <laughs> I saw like I saw like ten minutes of the first one with my wife one time. Yeah, I came home and she was watching it. If you can have a wild guess, uh, yes, I saw the fourth one because of a girl. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only reason I've seen. Uh, one movie in a Twilight series is because of my wife. She wanted to see it. All of her friends already saw it, so I took her to a theater to see it. I ha I can proudly say I've not seen any of those. <laughs> uh, good for you. Oh, good for you. So the last thing I got is this movie cost $17 million, and it made $49 million in the box office. Really? Yeah. Which is, I guess, why they continued on with the series. Yeah, that that kind of answers my question. I was surprised that they made another one after this, but I mean, hey, if you're making money, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the grades. I pulled from IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think those are? IMDb 5.5. 6.2. Garbage. Yeah, I don't think it deserves a 6.2. Uh, Ron Tomatoes, forty-two percent, thirty-four. Good job, critics. Um, audience, 
49. Okay. All right, now we'll get into our grades. Um, yeah, I'll go first. So I had a hard time deciding between a 2.5 and a 3. Okay. Uh, I ended up going with a 3 just because I've watched it a few times, and there are some entertaining parts in it. Uh, and it's interesting seeing these characters in different locations. Uh, while I don't think Jason Lively was too great at the time as Rusty, uh, I have liked him in other things, so maybe it was just the way they wrote the character that I didn't care for. And a um, little factoid that I didn't have in my facts, but I just knew. Uh, did you know he's Blake Lively's brother? Oh, no. Yeah, so his brother-in-law is um, Deadpool. <laughs> and uh, then that would make... Oh, so his dad's probably not... Uh... They're half siblings, probably, right? Yeah, they're half siblings, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, and this is by far the worst, Audrey, in my opinion, but I do like seeing Clark destroy things in Europe. The We didn't talk about it, but the scene where they're at Stonehenge and he backs into it and knocks the whole thing over like dominoes is funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a recurring thing going on which was one of my favorite things in Christmas Vacation, and I never noticed in the other movies, but so far, I'm two for two. Um, There's a part in Christmas Vacation where after the squirrel comes in the living room and they're hiding around the corner, and Clark just, like, goes, Russ! Like, yells out for him, and he doesn't realize Rusty's right next to him, and he's like, I'm right here, Dad. (laughs) There's a part where... In the first movie, where Rusty walks up behind Clark and he doesn't realize he's there. And he's like, oh, sorry, Rusty, I didn't know you were there. And then in this one, when they're at Stonehenge, uh, Clark like yells, Russ, again. And uh, Jason Lively just goes like, he's like, yeah, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and like I never noticed that like it was a recurring thing. So now I have to see if it's in Vegas Vacation as well. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, just little things like that that I enjoy. All the, I'll take the Coke right here thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Cracks me up too, but I couldn't go any higher than a three out of five for this because it's not a great movie, but it's relatively entertaining, mostly because of the chemistry between the characters and Chevy Chase's comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I don't want to like speak for everybody but i kind of feel like people who are more familiar with the national lampoons vacation series uh, might give it more uh a little bit more credit than people who are not as familiar um, yeah. because maybe there's some nostalgia and things like that uh there i'm going to give it a 2.5 uh, okay. out of five it's not I, I didn't feel like I could go lower than that because once you get to like two and lower, like you're just, you're in the bad range and it wasn't bad. Um, bad, bad at least. Uh, but it, it obviously was not good. Um, you can kind of say, you know, how not good it was, but yeah, there were definitely funny parts. Um, I feel like the original vacation it seemed like Chevy Chase had a lot more um, impromptu 
um, content that he put into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's what it felt like. Uh, so I don't know if he just didn't come up with stuff as easily for this one or if it was held back or maybe cut out. Um, but it felt very cut and dry from it's just like, oh, we're in England here. Let's do this, this, this. Oh, we're in France. Let's do this, this, this. Oh, now we're in Germany. And so I don't know. It it didn't develop as well as the original vacation. Yeah. Can't really get in detail and pinpoint exactly uh, some of the main reasons why it didn't work as well. Uh, but we already went over some things that contributed to it. So um, one thing that I totally forgot to bring up and make sure to mention was how Rusty hated wearing the bray because he felt like he looked dumb. Yeah. But then they go to Italy and they buy clothes and the outfit he picks is one of the worst things ever. (laughs) He looks like one of the twins from rad. (laughs) (laughs) He looked like he was like getting dressed for, I, I couldn't pick whether he was getting dressed for like some horrible, uh, like, uh, B-rated sci-fi movie or if he was getting ready for a renaissance festival. <laughs> it's like a mixture of the two. <laughs> well, so there's was... they show like a montage of that, like them trying on different clothes and there's one where it's like kind of a close-up, but you see like Clark put on a costume that's like red and yellow crazy pattern and that is totally something Hulk Hogan would have wore back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Looks yeah. good, brother. <laughs> It made me laugh because I was thinking, yeah, Rusty, you're worried about your parents making you look bad and because of a beret, but you just choose to make yourself look bad. <laughs> right. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, that all being said, I am sick with a 2.5. Uh, lots of room for improvement, but still a comedy. I, I, you know, it's worth watching. I don't think I would ever really go back to it. Um, obviously people who are big fans of the series, you know, if you decided to watch them all through going through and watching again to be a part of the series, wouldn't be the worst thing, but, um, yeah, I'm interested to see where things go from here. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say that usually people consider this the worst one, Mm -hmm. um, not counting the remake. But yeah, we'll have to see. Um, I kind of know how I how my ratings are gonna be, but I'll be interested to see what you have since you've never seen um, Vegas Vacation. Rock. But yeah, next week we will be talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is probably the most known in the series, which is weird because it's the third movie. Christmas in July. <laughs> Yep, that's what I told my wife. I was like, yeah, we're going to have to watch Christmas Vacation next week, which is weird because it's a Christmas movie and it's July. (laughs) But it's the next one in the series, so we got to cover it. But yeah, we'll see if it's just as funny in July that it is in December. But until then, as always, be kind and rewind.